Go thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Hello, everybody. <laughs> want to welcome you to today's edition of Bible News Radio. We're going to have a super good show today. Guarantee you I've been spending the last couple hours prepping it for you. And so I guarantee you're going to want to share this out. You're going to also want to watch it over again. Um, because what we're doing today is we're talking about the marketing of homosexuality to America. Part two and we're looking at the actual playbook. Here it is, it's called After the Ball, How America Will Conquer Its Fear and Hatred of Gays in the 1990s, written by two homosexuals, okay? So this is their words, and I'm gonna tell you how they did it. And you're gonna learn about one tactic today called jamming, and uh, I think once you see this tactic and, and you hear it and you know about, you know about it, you're gonna go, oh my gosh. I had no idea. And then you're going to go, oh my gosh. And then you're going you're gonna to get mad, probably. You're probably going to get mad when you see this because they did it so well that all of America has now been indoctrinated into the belief that homosexuality is normal and natural like heterosexuality is. I'm telling you, this morning or actually this afternoon as I was going through this and I was putting this together and I'm reading and you know, just saturated in this book, listening to the words and the implications and then looking at our culture today and what they did, it's shocking. And you know what? I guarantee you Facebook is gonna spike this show, Periscope's gonna spike it because they, they, you know, it's those are liberal platforms. They don't want you to know the truth about this issue. So do me a favor, share it out. Also, do me a favor, also, and um, join our email list. You can join our email list by going to BibleNewsRadio.com. And you can also join my text message list by texting the word, words, Bible News together to 33222. That's 33222. Go ahead, join our text messaging community because you will get the text message on your phone. Nobody can block that, right? Nobody's blocking those text messages because I'm getting my responses. People are responding to them. So uh, that's the thing. So when you join, do me a favor right after you join, send me a text and say what your name is. That way I know who you are. All right. Okay, so if you don't know who I am by now, let me tell you, if you happen to be brand new to the show, I am Stacy Lynn Harp, also known as your sweet and lovable host of Bible News Radio. Believe it or not, that's what my audience said. I didn't say it. I didn't say, I've kind of said it now because I, you know, took it in, you know, when your audience loves you. <laughs> They tell you who you are. So anyway, that's why I say that, because people in my audience said it. And all of a sudden, I was like, 
sweet and lovable. Okay. Yay. Okay. That's what I am. Anyway. So, uh, anyway, so Stacy Lynn Harp, your sweet and lovable host here. Uh, we have been looking at the topic of homosexuality and marketing and how did, how did something that thousands of years ago, the Bible called an abomination, uh, become something that is now acceptable to God's people and the majority of other people. Actually, it's not really true. It's really not acceptable to the majority of other people, um, or really even God's people, except a remnant or, or a, a, a little segment of the church that likes to embrace this and say it's all normal and natural. I'm going to show you today in this book where they targeted, they, they had the intent to target Christians, first of all, and number two, I'm going to tell you how they did it. And I'm going to show you, I'm going to, I'm going to show you the words of, of the, the, the homosexual author, okay, authors. And I'm going to show you exactly what they said, how they're going to do it, what they did. And you're going to go, oh my gosh, this happened. And you're, you're going to, you're going to almost, you probably, you might even feel like somebody hit you upside the head with a wet cloth. Kind of like, whoa, how'd that happen? Some of you, maybe not all of you. So, uh, so yeah, do me a favor and share this out if you don't mind, because, um, because I have to be honest and tell you, as I was reading through this and marinating in it, making up the slideshow that you're going to see today, so you can read it yourself, I'm just going, Lord, this is a spiritual war for sure. Definitely, definitely a spiritual war. Uh, and propaganda, they called it that, and that's exactly what it is. It's completely propaganda. So thank you guys for sharing this out. I really do appreciate you guys on Periscope sharing this. That looks like some of you are finally in here. So appreciate that. Mia and Monica, Don, Melanie, Magnus, Diane. Uh, let's see. It looks like there's a couple of sex bots in there, of course. I saw Denise over on Facebook. And anyway, if you're a replay viewer, thank you for sharing this out. Do me a favor. If you are a replay viewer, leave one comment at least. Say, hey, replay, I watched it, you know, and um, go ahead and share this out, okay, because this is going to blow your mind. So, and I also want to say thank you to everybody uh, who who uh, joined Randall and I yesterday to celebrate our 26th wedding anniversary. We had a good evening. We went to, uh, we went out to dinner. We decided not to stay in after all. We went out to dinner, uh, had a nice dinner, and uh, and then we crashed. <laughs> As an old married couple does, right, 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 bare face. <laughs> yes, dear. I actually got some sleep. <laughs> so it's kind of funny, actually. <clears throat> okay, so let's just get into it. I'm just, are you ready, Randall? Did you want to say anything before we get into this? No. Okay. All right, so let's get into this. And then I'm going to give you a couple of uh, examples of... Um, in the news today that hopefully will encourage you. So what we're titling this, you know, this is, I'm calling this your Bible news radio classroom. Okay. So this is the marketing of homosexuality to America as based on the book here after the ball, how America will conquer its fear and hatred of gays in the 1990s by Marshall Kirk and Hunter Madsen. If you, I know. Sorry. I had the slide up, then oh, you, you put the book up, oh, and so then okay. I took the slide down and okay. put the book down. So, 
All right. Well, anyway, <laughs> if you missed part one, I believe we we uh, addressed this on uh, what's Tuesday. I think it was Tuesday we did part one. So you can go back to watch part one. You can l- learn a little bit more about uh, Kirk and Madsen, both homosexuals. And, uh, and all that. Okay, so the topic today, what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about the topic of jamming. All right, so the first, the first thing I want you to know is that uh, what, what the authors wrote here, they wrote, jamming involves the insertion into the engine of pre-existing incompatible emotional response, gridlocking its mechanism as thoroughly as though one had sprinkled fine sand into the workings of an old-fashioned pocket watch. Okay, so <clears throat> this is the second tactic. Uh, the first tactic uh, that we that we were talk that we talked about uh, was what was it? <laughs> Desensitization. Okay, so that was that was that was the show one. Today's topic is jamming. And when you really begin to understand this particular topic, it's going to tick you off because you're going you're gonna to go, dang it, I can't believe they actually did this. So the first thing I want to I highlight here is the word incompatible, all right? Because what, what, what the authors are really saying here is what they're doing is they're taking a pre-existing emotion that you have and what they want is they want to create an incompatible emotional response to whatever it is that they're going to show you. Okay, does that make sense? Because that's what they're going to do. It's incompatible. So it goes on to say <clears throat> uh, that jamming as an approach is more active and aggressive than desensitization and by the same token it's also more enjoyable and heartening now i got you know when i read that i was like okay first of all let's let's just take this apart for a second okay here you have a homosexual author who is talking about you know propaganda basically and how they are going to market homosexuality which normal people see as 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 an abnormal behavior okay uh or sexual desire and it has been seen that way for millennia. I mean, it's since really the beginning of time. Okay, let's just put it that way. <clears throat> so here's a tactic. It's called jamming. So, and it's more aggressive than desensitizing somebody, uh, desensitization, because they can do it in a lot of different ways. And I'm just going to tell you how they do it. But what's really interesting to me was this part of the quote. It's also more enjoyable and heartening. Now, keep in mind, the guy that wrote, the guys, the men that wrote this, they're homosexual activists, brilliant. One was a marketer, a huge, a massive, extreme genius marketer, right? So he's saying, well, not only is it more active and aggressive, but it's also going to be enjoyable for us. And it will feel so good to us that when we do this to the, to the, to America, um, so just keep that in mind from the, the worldview that they're going on. So it says here, going on to the third slide, I think it is, jamming makes use of the rules of associative conditioning 
the psychological process whereby when two things are repeatedly juxtaposed, one's feelings about one thing are transferred to the other. And the direct emotional modeling, the inborn tendency of human beings to feel what they perceive others to be feeling. So these are the two psychological tactics, basically, that he, he actually paired together in order to help educate the reader that was reading this book. So associative conditioning and direct emotional modeling. So let me tell you something. When a baby begins to bond uh, with with their mom, uh, there's this thing that's commonly referred to as mirroring. Okay, so so you have you're the mom. Well, unless you're a boy, if you're not a boy, I mean, if you're or a dad. Okay, with anybody. Okay, so mom and dad. Okay, but the baby typically will reflect back what they see the mom or the dad, you know, reflecting. Right. So you smile at the baby. And you go, ooh, goo, goo, caca, you know, whatever. And then the baby goes, ah, you know, and they go, oh, this is so good, you know. Or, you know, if you get that disapproving look, you know, I can't give one right now because I'm not mad or anything. But you know what I'm saying? And you know, as parents, you know, or aunts or uncles, whatever, you know that that, that, that look that that, you know, um, oh, I shouldn't do that, right? You, you, you know, the evil eye or the, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? So associative conditioning, um, again, is the psychological process, process whereby when two things are repeatedly juxtaposed, one's feelings about one thing are transferred to the other. So in other words, it, they're trying to flip how you feel about something, right? So something you think is bad, they're trying to get you to think it's good, right? And the Bible says in Isaiah 5.20, good is called evil, evil is called good. At the opening of this show, every single day we put up the verse that says we're here uh, to expose the unfruitful deeds of darkness. That's what we're doing here with this show. We're showing you the playbook that these guys wrote. Okay, so, and it goes back to, he talks here about the direct emotional modeling. And this is the tactic of jamming. Jamming is an emotional tactic. It's not based on reason at all. Okay. You can't, it's not based on reasoning at all. Uh, where can you download this? You're, you'll be able to watch the replay uh, of the show, Gina, and, and I will be making a PDF downloadable um, as an email opt-in after I'm done with this. Um, we'll, we'll be getting it out eventually, okay? Just so you know. But Okay, so the third, or the, the next slide. So, so basically, he goes on to say, turning associative conditioning and direct emotional modeling against themselves we jam by forging a fresh link between, on the one hand, some part of the, the mechanism, and on the other, a pre-existing external opposed and therefore incompatible emotional response. So this is what they're doing. They're jamming this. They're, I'm going to jam this. You know what? It's like what we talked about before, you know, from going to some of these conferences and the homosexual activists will, will tell you, that um, focus groups initially didn't like the show South Park, just as an example. Why? Because it was disgusting, right? Nobody liked it. But they were like, whatever, we're just going to tell them what they want, what they need. In other words, we're going to jam it down their throat. You ever heard that saying, jam it down their throat? I'm going to jam it down your throat. That's this tactic. 
And it's an emotional bullying tactic. That's exactly what it is because the whole purpose behind it is to elicit an emotional response to something, you know, okay, well, it used to be that when people thought of sodomy, you know, two men engaging in that act, first of all, it was criminal. You could go to jail for it. And second of all, it was nasty and gross. They did it in parks. I mean, there's these, quote, so-called stereotypes for a reason, people, okay? It's, it's, they're stereotypes because that's what they do. And they still do it, just so you know. Bathhouses exist. All this stuff exists. But the marketing of homosexuality has taken all that out. And the authors knew this, by the way. And by the time you see the end of this presentation, you're going to go, I think that the clock, the, the you know, old-fashioned stopwatch or, or whatever, pocket watch, mm-hmm. I mean, is, is a great analogy. You know, normally this gear turns that gear, and, and this is the way things normally work. And when you think of this type of behavior, it elicits this natural emotional response, like, that's disgusting. Exactly. But then, you know, to jam something in there so this gear no longer turns that gear... Insert a foreign substance of this gear, some other emotion instead, not the one it naturally should. But yeah, so you know the media is all about emotion, right? Frankly, I'm just gonna be honest. The emotion I want you to have after you see this is mad. I want you to be mad after you see this. I do not not like like go crazy and like shoot somebody or something. <laughs> not that type of mad, but I want you to go. Oh my gosh. You know, and, and then recognize inside yourself how you have been a victim of this. Because you have. We all have. I have. And as we get into this more, you'll go, oh my gosh. Yep, I definitely have. Okay. So this next, the next uh, quote that I, uh, I took out of here uh, says here, Ideally, the bigot subjected to such counter-conditioning will ultimately experience two emotional responses to the hated object opposed and competing. Let's take this apart just for a second, because what the author here is saying is, first of all, he's calling you a bigot, or the person who is opposed to homosexuality in this particular case. He's calling you a bigot. How many of you have ever been called a bigot? How many of you have heard the word bigot in reference to your beliefs that let's that homosexuality is a sin or wrong right we all have that's what they do they call us all bigots and haters and homophobes and all this other stuff for a reason right so first of all in this book they're referring to you as a bigot right off boom you're a bit you're a bigot because you oppose this deviant behavior or you know something that deviates from the normal like we talked about before but Look at the word that I bolded there. I bolded it. He didn't bold it in the book. I bolded it. Ideally, the bigoted subjected to such counter-conditioning will ultimately experience two emotional responses. That's the jamming response. That's what they want. They want you to experience those two uh, emotional responses to the what? Hated object. Opposed. And competing; those are the, those are the, the the emotional response that you're supposed to get. So note that it's counter conditioning, right? It's counter conditioning. So we have been we have been counter conditioned to accept homosexuality as normal and natural, 
to accept gay marriage as normal and natural. That's what they've done. They have said, oh, oh well, oh yeah, because it used to be that in the way olden days, those archaic people with those archaic beliefs believed that marriage was just one man and one woman, right? And people today who actually still believe that, you know, are still bigots. They're homophobes. They're homo-hatreds. You know, they're they're homo-whatever. They, they hate homos, you know. They don't even use the word homo because they're afraid to say the word homo because of how it's been conditioned. The word homosexuality, you shouldn't even be saying it because they don't like it, right? And what tells you is that, okay, their goal was to counter-condition you. And if you look at it from a spiritual perspective... That's exactly what the devil wants to do. He wants to counterfeit, right? Counterfeit what's good, right? He takes bad and he counterfeits it. You know, the best example that most of us have probably heard is when you have a, a piece of currency. How, are you, how do you see what's real, right? A bank, a bank teller will tell you that they have been trained to recognize the real one not the counterfeit. Because if you know the real one, the counterfeit is easy to recognize. So here, they have counter-conditioned you to think like them. But it's a counterfeit that they've offered you. Homosexual marriage is counterfeit of what God's marriage is. Right? Right? Okay. So, so you get these emotional responses. So, the author writes, he goes on to write about the two main effects of jamming that he wants the, the listener to have. So this is what he says here. <clears throat> he says, jamming is unpleasant, duh, because it creates emotional dissonance and it results in an alteration of previous beliefs and feelings so as to, to, so as to resolve the internal conflict. So jamming is unpleasant, uh, why? Because, because then, you know, because you're feeling con incongruent feelings. On the one hand, you're feeling this way. On the other hand, you're feeling this way. Those feelings shouldn't go together. And, and so the result of it is that it's resulting in, a, in an alteration of, of your previous belief, right? The previous belief is that homosexuality is not normal. It's unnatural. It is deviant. It's an abomination, like God's word says, right? That's, and, and frankly, that's what this topic is about. This, the whole book is about homosexuality and how to indoctrinate America in it. So jamming is unpleasant to you because they have created a situation where now you're feeling uncomfortable because they're j trying to jam something down your throat, you know? And I, ironically, I also would venture to guess that the author also probably was thinking about sodomy at the same time he wrote this because the act of sodomy is, is jamming, okay? It's jamming something that was created from one part of the body to go into an alternate part of the body where it shouldn't go. You know what I'm saying? Just so you know, right? Okay, so, and is that unpleasant to the physical body? I would venture to guess it would be. If you look at... Um, doctors who have been censored from actually sharing the results of sodomy uh, and some of that medical research that's been suppressed so that people don't know about it, um, they would actually tell you that. So I think it's interesting that he could actually carry over a term that, you know, they act out in the physical 
body and actually put it here as a, a term to, to uh, create emotional dissonance. Okay. Because it's altering previous beliefs. Why? Why is it altering? Because of the internal conflict that they have created from jamming two different things to you, like we like we were talking about. So the second, uh, um, the second effect of jamming. He goes on to say, where an optimal resolution doesn't occur. So in other words, if they couldn't get you to change your mind the first with the first result. Uh, what he goes on to say is where an optimal resolution doesn't occur, the internal dissonance will tend to inhibit overt expression of the pre, pre, pre prejudicial, <laughs> I could say it, emotion, which is in itself useful and relieving. So, uh, hey, Carmen. So, so think about that, okay? So there are some people who, you know, they will naturally feel uh, the un the, the altering of their belief and, you know, and, and they'll feel awkward and so they'll be quiet about it. Here, he goes on to say, well, if that person doesn't actually change how we want them to, it's okay, don't worry. It's going to inhibit overt expression of them saying homosexuality is a sin or homosexuality is an abomination or homosexuality is evil or whatever, right? Um, so that in itself is useful and relieving to them because you quieted yourself. Because you were like, oh, I'm going to turn on Will and Grace. That's okay. Who cares? That's all right. You know, maybe if I watch it, I'll get used to it, right? That whole flooding thing, right? So does that make sense? Does that make sense, Randall? Am I making any sense? Well, I know what you're trying to say. But yeah, you're right. We get to the... You know, the idea by jamming the mechanism so that what you would normally feel, they, I, you know, part of it is what you talked about before, the desensitization, put something else in there to uh, interfere the normal response to now associate this behavior with some other feeling. And you're like, well, it's really not that. And if, if you don't completely change over, at least, you know, when you're looking around, it's like, well, everybody else seems to be accepting this. And I don't know. I, you know, we self, then we get to self censorship. You know, complete transformation has occurred. We haven't bought it hook, line, and sinker, but we'll start to say, well, I shouldn't say, I should start saying gay instead of homosexual. I should start, you know, because, uh, you know, there's this, there's this angst, but. You know, we'll err as decent human beings in the side of caution, right? And and not exactly be so outspoken. That's exactly right. And what the media has done is anybody who is outspoken about, it, they vilify them in the media, they pounce them around, they call them evil, the bigots and haters. You know, they threaten them um, and all that. So they've they've done a real good thing. Okay, so the next the the next slide I titled "Make Them Feel Shame." All right, now shame is an interesting topic in itself, and maybe someday we'll do a whole study on that. But for now, we'll just go ahead and read what I, I basically took out, and this is my quote. The goal is to make the bigot, that would be you or anybody who opposes homosexuality, feel shame for their belief that homosexuality is wrong, unnatural, deviant, etc. So make them feel shame. Make them feel bad, in other words. 
Um, okay, so how many of you have felt that, right? Quite Probably quite a few of you. All right, so then the next slide, uh, he explains this. I titled this, Making Deviant Behavior Acceptable. So this can be accomplished in a variety of ways. This is the author again saying this. All making use of repeated exposure to pictorial images or verbal statements that are incompatible with his self-image as a, that's supposed to be well-liked person, one who fits in with the rest of the crowd. So in other words, he's saying, okay, what we're going to do here is we're going to go ahead and we're going to continue to put repeated, you know, we're going to go ahead and put up pictures of gays, lesbians, bisexuals, transgenders constantly. And we're going to keep saying how they really are with the verbal statements. And you who don't like this, are going to be feeling bad about it because you're not feeling this way, right? So it's incompatible with you, how you feel based on what you know to be true, but they're trying to convince you it's opposite. But the way we're going to do this is we're going to keep doing it over and over and over again so that eventually you, 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 will, you will feel like people don't like you if you have this other view. And it's brilliant, but at the same time, it's evil. It's evil. It's completely evil. Because as they go ahead and they normalize this, people are like, well, I don't know. Did, did, I don't know. Does my neighbor think that this is okay? I mean, I, I don't know. Should I say anything? After all, everybody loves this TV show. Or after all, everybody loves Ellen. Or after all, Matthew Shepard, he was a great guy, right? Actually, that, that's a whole nother show. But anyway, bottom line is nobody wants to be rejected. And so the whole tactic here is to manipulate the emotion of the person who has the differing view of the homosexual. And they've done it really, really good. They've done it by repeated exposure to pictorial images and verbal statements through the, me through the media. This next slide I, I apologize for. Um, if you have children, tell them to leave the room because uh, there's vulgarity coming up. And I felt that this was important to share because this is where it really gets to the core, okay? This is on page 151. The writer writes, this, the, hom the, the homosexual author writes, thus propagandistic, okay? So there you go. The word propaganda is there. Advertisement can depict homophobic and homo-hating bigots as crude, loudmouths, and a-holes. I'm not going to say the word. People who say not only the F word, as in, you know, the, the slur for against gays, but the N word, another word there, I don't want to say that either, and other shameful epithets who are, quote, not Christian, unquote. I want you to hit, I, I really want this black piece here to hit you because... The author is flat out telling you, or telling the reader, that, first of all, it's propaganda. All right? It's propaganda. This is what we're doing. We're putting out propaganda. What's propaganda? Propaganda is not true. Right? Pro propaganda is not true. It's, it's a lie. And they know that. The guy that wrote this knows, knows that. But how, how have Christians been depicted in the media the last 30 years in particular, as homophobic, homo-hating, bigots, 
crude, loudmouth, anybody who decides to speak out and say, hey, this is not right, how have they been, how, how have they been depicted? You know, exactly like this, right? And the homosexuals, what they did was they have taken, um, you know, other prejudices, whether it's against Jews or, or black people, and they have put themselves in that same category. But there's, there's a huge difference. And this is, and, and don't get mad at me for saying this, but there is a huge difference between prejudice against a Jew or a black person versus a homosexual. And the, you know what it is, right? You're smart. The difference is homosexuals can change. Black people cannot change their color of their skin. And a Jew who's born they a Jew. Want to. Right. And a Jew or whoever cannot change their ethnicity. You cannot change it. You're born with it. You're born whatever color you are. I mean, none of us, frankly, had any choice, which is why racism and all these things are horrible things, right? They're, they are horrible things. And, and we should treat everybody fairly, right? As Mandisa says, we all bleed the same, etc. But homosexuality is a behavior. Science has not proven anybody is born that way, right? And you can change the behavior and you can change the perception of homosexuals, right? And they did it by, uh, by, by using propaganda and putting themselves in there. And it's so funny because the, um, I have to tell you, it's so funny because the, the big, huge debates have, have, all, have centered around all this, these issues the last couple, uh, last 20, 30 years in particular. It's like, well, you know, who are you to tell me who I can love, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. It, it, it's, it, it's right here, you guys. And uh, the part about being not Christian, that's, that's exactly what has happened. If one is a Christian, one is a Bible believer, they're the ones that should be. It's a Christian thing to be opposed exactly. to ungodly and unnatural behavior. But they've uh, put out this myth that the true Christian is one that's all loving and all embracing and all inclusive of anything anybody does and says. And so if you're, if you're opposed to this unnatural behavior, if you're opposed to this ungodly behavior, you're not Christian. Exactly. And, and I see so many, quote, Christians, unquote, <laughs> in the media, uh, especially social media, embracing and celebrating unnatural behavior and thinking themselves as the true Christians because they deny what the clear teaching of Scripture is. Right. And it's, it's you know, it's interesting because um, when I read that, not the, that quote about not Christian there, who are not Christian, I thought, I thought, there it is right there, you know, because who is it that opposes homosexuality? It's religious people who read the Bible. It's people who understand what God says and actually believe what God says. All right, so next slide. Remember, it's about propaganda, people. It's about propaganda, how this was marketed to America. It says here, and this is another quote, uh, it can show them being criticized, hated, and shunned. It can depict gays experiencing horrific suffering as the direct result of homo-hatred. Remember, this is advertising he's talking about. Suffering of which, he e which even most bigots would be ashamed to be the cause, right? How many of you have seen 
Uh, you can you can keep that up. How many of how, how many of you have seen you know some propaganda like this, and they they have said oh so and so has died. There's there's a anti there's an anti gay hate crime and and you know it's because uh, somebody hated them and it's because they opposed the homosexuality. So they were they were the cause of it, right? Remember Matthew Shepard? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, well, we don't want to be associated with that. I mean that that's the feeling that they want everybody to have. Uh, they want them to be bigots. It says even most bigots would be ashamed to be the cause. It can, in short, link homo-hating bigotry with all sorts of attributes the bigot would be ashamed to possess. And with social consequences, he would find unpleasant and scary. So there's the penalty there, too. So not only does it has it conditioned people to go, oh, my gosh, I don't want to be the cause of that. I don't want to be associated with that. Uh, the social consequences. Well, what are some of those? Losing your job, writing an anti-gay article on world net, you know, on the internet, and getting you know a lawsuit slapped against you, or losing your job. I had I, there's lots of people that have done that. Uh, not wanting to make a a cake uh, for homosexuals for a wedding because you're opposed to it. That's a social consequence. What what else would be the social consequence? Losing money from your business because they target you. I mean, they have done this. And people who stand up and are the ones that we know about, we talk about all the time on this show. I've actually had the blessing of meeting a lot of them in person, some of these people. You know, they're the ones that haven't swallowed the propaganda hook, line, and sinker, right? So, but here the homosexual author is is basically talking about the advertising. It can show them being criticized, hated, and shunned. It can depict gays experience horrific suffering as the direct result of homo-hatred. See, it's homo-hatred, everybody. It's really not the underlying cause or the abuse that might have took place that helped cause the issue or anything like that. It's the homo-hatred. So, suffering of which most bigots would be ashamed to be the cause. And in short, we link the homo-hating bigotry with all of the attributes of this and nobody wants to, you know, be, you know, on the receiving end of it. So there's social consequences to this. They have been brilliant doing this people. So the attack, therefore, the author goes on to say on page 152, the attack therefore is on self image and on the pleasure in hating. Okay. So what he means here is that the, the attack is on the person who opposes homosexuality. Well, all of a sudden, you know, they're feeling bad about themselves. They're feeling ashamed. They're feeling like something is wrong with them because, uh, because all of a sudden the media is saying this is all good when you thought it was wrong, you know, and it's, it's because of, of what they really believe. So that's the attack. But if you go on to read the next page here, it says here, uh, I titled, I titled the thing, if you go on to read it, no facts needed. The author says, quote, our effect is achieved without reference to facts, logic, or proof. All right. So the, the, the topic of jamming has nothing to do with facts, logic, or proof. It's all propaganda. It's all marketing. It's all designed 
to elicit that emotional response that you were like, oh, you used to think this, but now you're thinking this because they made you think this. And now you're not sure if you should say anything because, well, that image over there says this is good. But now you're like, well, I'm not really sure if it is or not. But the truth is, it's not. And the author, the homosexual authors of this book actually said our effect is achieved without reference to facts, logic, or proof. This is why you cannot argue logically or with facts or with proof with anybody who's a militant homosexual LGBT activist because none of what they believe is logical, factual, and there's no proof to substantiate it. It's all emotional. It's all an emotive argument. And the emotional argument is on their side because if you look at the conclusion here, the last slide, the author concludes in this section of his book, in short, jamming succeeds insofar as it inserts even a slight friction of doubt and shame into the previously unallied alloyed, rather, self-righteous pleasure. The approach can be quite useful and effective if our message can get the massive exposure upon which all else depends. All right. So basically, in essence, he's saying, you know what, if there's just a slight little feeling there of doubt and shame, just if we can make them feel just a little bit doubtful about what they really think and believe about this issue, just a little teeny weeny bit bad, and make them feel a little little bit of shame about their actual belief system, not only will it be quiet and stuff, but it will actually, you know, play into us because they not only silence themselves, but if we can get our message out there and get the massive exposure upon which all of this depends on, we will we'll win. We'll win. <laughs> Hands down, we'll win. And they did. They did it. Because nobody in their right mind would have ever thought that in America you would have homosexual marriage because that's not normal and natural, <laughs> right? It used to be that people went to a psychiatrist or a psychologist to get treated for these feelings and now they're banning treatment for it because, well, it's, it's all good and natural, right? I mean, you, do you see how this has been marketed to you as a, as a nation, as a person, whether it's in your church uh, or outside of your church. Do you guys see this? Do you? I mean, do you see it? Because it's coming right here from the book. This is the book. This is the book. Every quote in here, with the exception of what I told you wasn't a quote that I paraphrased, came right out of this book, written by two homosexual activists about how to market homosexuality to the masses. And they did it. They did it. So my question to you is, what are you going to do now that you know this? Right? Especially if you're somebody who, who is um, empathetic towards, let's say, a, a you know, homosexual or a lesbian friend of yours or whatever. You know, does that mean that you can't, you know, um, love your friend or whatever? No, it doesn't mean that at all. But it, what it does mean is that you have to understand that belief that you have is not godly, it's not biblical, and it shouldn't be supported. And you need to stand up and, and say something that is going to be uncomfortable for you to say because they have made it that way. When in the past, it never used to be. 
Um, so with that said, I want to share a story with you now because this is a, this is a super awesome story. A couple of days ago, uh, you might recall that I shared with you guys, uh, that pastor Scott Lively was, um, um, vindicated of being accused of crimes against humanity over there in Uganda, uh, because he actually went over to Uganda to minister to people and to teach them how to overcome homosexuality and actually to help the AIDS population, right? This guy has been dragged through the mud for, for a long time. Anyway, he won. Well, Liberty Council put out um, uh, a press release yesterday, and when I read it, I was like rejoicing because I was like, Lord, you are so good. This is so awesome, and I want to show you uh, what they wrote. They wrote here, uh, a former Ugandan lesbian activist has gone from LGBT to TBGL, which means transformed by God's love, and denounced what she called a sin of same-sex after years of advocating for the LGBT agenda. Uh, Kalindi announced this recently during the Sunday service live show on Uganda's Salt TV. Uh, Her name is Val, so I'm just going to call her Val from here on out. Val is a self-described preacher's kid and journalist who left her career at the Ugandan newspaper Daily Monitor in 2007 to focus on LGBT activism. She was one of the pioneers of the sexual minorities of Uganda. That would be smug, just so you know. She was one of the pioneers, people. She was like one of the founders of this group that that persecuted Scott Lively, okay? Uh, anyway, she... It was, uh, so SMUG is an um, umbrella body for LGBT organizations in the country. In 2010, she went global with the campaign, speaking at international human rights conferences. In 2014, when the Ugandan parliament passed the Anti-Homosexuality Act, criminalizing homosexual behavior, a good thing, by the way, uh, Val left the country and was granted asylum in Canada. Well, why did she leave the country? Because she was a lesbian activist and they made it illegal. Okay. Now it says, however, Val has now, renou- has now denounced homosexuality and is willing to speak about its dangers in society because she has seen light and embraced a, re- a relationship with Jesus Christ. I joined lesbian right after uh, Makery University. I'm born of Christian parents. All of them cut their ties with me for being gay. I became an orphan, but I became rebellious. We always wondered why the world forced us to become girls who do not love men. Val recently wrote, Dear LGBT movement, I found life, truth, and grace. My prayer is that you find the good life as I have. Y'all have become my reason for, for intercession. I know for some of the messages I've received so far that the Holy Spirit has begun speaking to your hearts. He is the revealer of all truth. To pastors I disagreed with, I am sorry. To politicians, I violently fought in a war war of words, I'm sorry. To the old and young generation of this nation, I am sorry. To my father and maker, I am sorry. To myself, I am sorry. I am at peace with my soul because I am forgiven and forever set free. Psalm 51, 17. I would be expecting right now to see a ton of hearts there for this. Uh, Does this not make your heart rejoice? It does mine. It says here, uh, Val 
uh, Kalindi is an incredible example that Jesus Christ can change the heart of even those who have acted adamantly against him, said Matt Staver, founder and chairman of the Liberty Council. Miss Kalindi's uh, testimony is like Saul's conversion from persecuting Christians to then giving his heart and life to God and becoming Paul. Despite those who want to deny reality, uh, people can and do change. So, that's what it's about, right? That's what it's about. Yeah, I'm choked up. You know why? Because it's true. Jesus can set anybody free. And all the propaganda, you guys, that is out there telling everybody that, oh, you're born that way, you're fine, blah, blah, etc. Uh, and, and don't help people with this. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying people can get set free. A lesbian activist who persecuted Scott Lively got set free. And do you think Scott's happy about that? You bet he is. I'm sure he is. I am. I'm totally happy about it. Uh, you know, and all that. But, you know, the tactic of jamming is continuing to go on. You know, and uh, and you need to be aware of that. You need to be aware of it. I want to show you one other story, and then we'll go ahead and look at some of the, I think some of you sent me some messages, uh, unless they didn't come in. I don't know. I'll have to look. Because uh, I thought I saw a couple of messages come in during the show. Um, but I want to show you this this article here um, on the Mirror website. Uh, and I think it was um, Darren. I saw this. I think Darren showed this to me or put it on his Facebook. Um, but this is titled Transgender Teen Who Modeled Herself. Note the language. It's it's This is a boy, by the way. On Kim Kardashian spends 15,000 pounds on, quote, her new, her new look. Born a boy, uh, I'm not sure how to say that, Karia or something, Kelly, 17, felt there was something missing until she came out and spent thousands to change her appearance. Note the language, first of all, re changing the pronoun. It has nothing to do with him being a girl. But, you know, I have to say that, um, that this is... Um, this is tragic. Okay, so uh, Randall, I know there's a video. I didn't watch the actual video. Um, but just looking at the picture on the right-hand side, you have Kim Kardashian. I don't know if you're, if, if you're on the same thing as me. No. But, uh, uh, okay, never mind. That's all right. They have a photo of him. Okay, well then show that. Okay, because look, a normal person, just so you know, a normal person would look at the picture of this boy that God made who is trying to become a girl, pretending he's a girl or a woman, right? Look at that and feel pity for him. And like this, there's something wrong with this picture, literally, right? Okay. I, I look at those eyes and I don't see happiness in those eyes whatsoever. And the way the culture will tell you is, well, it's because you're oppressing him. That's why, because it's your fault. You're a homophobic, you know, transgender bigot. That's what you are. But the truth of the matter is, is we're not. Every, everybody was made in God's image. And God destined that boy to be a boy to become a man for a reason. Right? But somewhere in his life, something happened to confuse him and to make him feel uncomfortable in his own skin. Right? But we don't want to look at that root issue. Instead, we want the whole world to change their point of view about it instead. Right? So, you know, and it's that way with anything. If you see a picture of a transgender individual, you know, a man trying to be a woman uh, who looks but ugly, let's just say that. They look ugly. They don't look natural. They look like a freak, 
right? Oh, now you're get, now you're being mean, Stace. Yeah, you are. No, I'm just saying it the way most people think. But they won't say it because they've been jammed into silence. They have been conditioned that you can't say it because you know what? If you do, guess what's going to happen to you, right? Instead of going, oh my gosh, this is a natural God-given reaction to weirdoness and deviantness. It's not devaluing the person. It's like, that's a freak. That's how it used to be said, right? And I don't mean to be mean because I'm not being mean. But what I am saying is that, you know, we live in such a politically correct society because this has been the way it is. And, and you know, you know what? I'm, gonna, I'm leaning in like Pastor Pete would do. Do you know why? Think about it. Do you know why they want the children to be indoctrinated so young? Like three, four, two years old? Because little children will call it as they see it. Little children are not, you know, they'll just say, oh my God, look at that, that freak or whatever. That Little kids will do that, right? I mean, you have to teach a child how to be polite and you have to teach a kid, you know, and I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, I was at uh, Disneyland not too long ago. Well, it was, long, it was a while ago. It was probably a decade ago. And me and some friends, we were doing this uh, pro-life activism. Some of the friends had um, some aborted babies, which I hate looking at myself personally. But, but this father and his little kid came walking up. And the little kid was like royally upset looking at the baby, the body baby parts, right? The aborted baby. The dad got royally ex- upset because his child was upset talking about how ugly and how it was a murdered baby. How he was dead. I can't believe that, Daddy. I mean, you know, this kid went on and on. And and the dad was ticked off at us. Well, it wasn't me. It was somebody else that was with me. But still, the dad was really mad. Because the kid called it out. So if you can indoctrinate children at that young age and you can get them to believe that they're gay or that, you know, they're the other gender by conditioning them with education and stuff, you got it. You have, you have the culture as a result. That's why targeting the children is so important to this agenda because they get it. They understand. In fact, I was talking to a transgender uh, leader at one of these conferences I was at a spy at and the guy, you know, his whole, he was a guy pretending to be a girl, but anyway, his, his whole, um, speech was centered around how they wanted to start getting children hormone tre- treatments, right? And they were really, really mad. They were mad because they couldn't get enough doctors to do it, right? So I raised my hand and I said, well, wait a minute. I just have a question. How are we going to elicit, you know, how are we going to change all the human de- development research, you know, on childhood development, how child development, you know, occurs, etc. How are we going to do all that? Because by the way, my bachelor's is in human development. And this guy told me, he's like, oh, we won't worry about that. Just come up to me and we'll talk about it afterwards. So I said, okay. So afterwards I talked, I talked to him and he's like, it doesn't matter. All we got to do is do our own research and suppress the other research. That's all we got to do. And that is exactly what they did. That's what they did. So when people quote the American Psychological Association as their, well, the APA said, blah, blah, blah. It's all indoctrination, people. 
It's 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 all been indoctrination. It, they have indoctrinated from the inside out. They made people go, oh, this is the authority on this, and so we need to go there to get the okay for it. And instead, they've forgotten the Bible and what God said about it. Because Christians are evil people, don't you know that? So, there you go. All right, so... I feel like I've been talking a lot because I have. <laughs> yeah, you have. But, <laughs> but I have to tell you that if this doesn't make you feel a little bit irritated, <laughs> then I don't know. Because it irritates me because they did it cleverly and deceptively, intentionally, and they succeeded because now you have it in the church because you got wussy pastors behind the pulpit who won't actually open God's word and say a stinking thing about what it actually says. You know, when they talk about, well, we're going to ban Romans chapter 1. You can't read Romans 1. You can't read Leviticus 18. You can't read other parts of the Bible that actually condemn this. And then they distort the scripture by saying stuff like Jonathan and David were gay. Ruth and Naomi were lesbian. I'm like, oh my gosh. So now you're going to go ahead and you're going to do that. I don't think so. Not on my watch. Right? Remember I was talking about Nehemiah before? Nehemiah 4.14? Just so you know. Right? God has called you, just like Esther, for a time like this to stand up. He's equipped me to equip you to go out there and tell the truth. So what I want you to do is I want you to share the show out with people. I don't care. You can download it for free. Download it on the internet. Then share it. Put it on a DVD. I don't care. Get the info out there. You know, just get it out there. Because this book, which is where it came from, they're charging a lot for. In fact, I had a nice person uh, leave a comment on my Facebook page. Uh, They said they had two copies and they didn't want to sell them because they're afraid somebody might buy them and, and destroy it. I thought, you know what? That's smart. I I wouldn't have thought it. Nobody's going to get my copy, though, just so you know. Anyway, so uh, don't don't forget that, okay? All right. So, obviously, we want to thank our sponsor, Ariel Ministries, which wholeheartedly supports what we do. Thank God. Um, And if you like what we do, I want you to support Ariel because they they do sponsor us with their money. Um, And they have some great products and services that you can learn about by going over to um, BibleNewsRadio.com and going over to our resources pages over there um, and checking it out because, um, uh, because, well, because that's important. Go, I got to go over there because I'm not there yet. I have to look at the page. Um, And while I'm getting to that page. Have it memorized? Yeah, I'm just trying, I'm trying to get the... (laughs) to the resource page so I can look at the specific titles. So there is a Bible study over there that's that's downloadable right now. All you got to do is click it. It's the Why is God Saving Gentiles Today Bible Study. You can get that. Um, and, um, uh, and then you can get Eschatology, the Doctrine of the Last Days. Um, you can get the Messiah, Yeshua, Divine Redeemer, Christology from a Messianic Jewish Perspective book, Bible Study there. You can get the Life of the Messiah from a Messianic Jewish perspective. You can get the four-volume set or the abridged version, whatever you feel like. If you're a pastor, you should definitely have this stuff in your library for sure. And just go to Ariel or just click through on our website and save 20% um, when you do that. All right? Because, you know, you support them, they support us. It's great. 
Uh, if you don't want to buy anything from Ariel, but you still want to support us, become a pillar of the community, you can do that. Uh, set up a reoccurring payment on PayPal. Or I have a couple of people that send checks in the mail. You guys can do that too. Um, and if you guys want to help us go to the Prophecy Watchers Conference in October, I pray that you would uh, donate to that as well. Help offset the cost of that. Because um, we need we need we need more funding for that and of course you know you can just when you donate just say that's for this okay and um also you can follow us on bullhorn just find us over there get bullhorn and if you want to support legal shield and get some identity theft protection for yourself which by the way um uh, <laughs> I have to tell you, I had I posted a story today over on my Stacy Lynn Harp MS Facebook page about Nashville breaching the identities of people who've been the victims of identity theft. So imagine that, right? Here you are, the victim of identity theft, trying to get it taken care of, and then they breach you. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you guys need to get that for yourself. If you want to become an associate with Legal Shield, please talk to me this month. Let's get that done. Get that under your belt. So we can get working on you getting uh, your commissions back and also moving up the commission scale to make more money. Uh, okay, so if you want to talk about that, I'm available after the show to talk about that as well. Um, tomorrow, my special gift guest is Vicki Fitch, who is a direct sales expert. And she is um, a really good close friend of mine, in my opinion. And uh, Randall's, we love each other. <laughs> Anyway, she is she's coming on the show tomorrow, and I may pick on her. No, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> anyway, you guys know who she is. So she's coming on tomorrow, um, and we're going to talk about her books and some other stuff. I think it would be interesting to talk about and all that. And let me also say, just to end the show, just, and I shouldn't have to say this, but I'm going to. Everything that I presented in this show is a fact, right? What I'm not saying is go out, hate gay people, and I'm not saying go out and beat them up, and I'm not saying, you know, anything evil about anybody who happens to identify that way, okay? So, duh, hello, you don't have to hate gay people, okay? I'm talking about the agenda and how it was marketed to us to accept something that's not normal and that God, you know, opposes and calls an abomination, right? So you love your gay friends and you pray for them and, um, you know, and you, you take care of them, you know, you listen to them and tell them the truth and love, speak the truth and love. But don't cave to the lingo. Don't cave to the agenda. You know, if they're transgender, don't call them by the pro, the, the, the pronoun they want call them the what they are how god made them right i mean don't don't do what they want you to but love them like christ would okay so i don't know bareface you want to say anything else uh no ma'am nope okay all right so it looks like i'm just gonna see here if we got any messages in in uh in here i uh, i don't think that we did. Oh, by the way, yeah, if you just came in and um, you want to be on my text message list, text Bible News to 33222 and you can become part of my text 
list. I guess that's what I should call it. But anyway, and I'll text you a message here and there, like a couple times a day. Unless I forget, which is possible. (laughs) All right, everybody, now you have the information. Go out, do something good with it. Be bold. Stand up and go with God because he loves you. See you tomorrow.